In today's show, we look at buy low options, sell high options, guys that are over and underperforming their expected value for the rest of the season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk uh, about buy lows and sell highs, as always. A buy low does not mean you need to acquire the player. A sell high does not mean that you need to trade the player away. It's all about trying to get value in deals. And a lot of the time, you won't be able to do it. it just, you just won't. Like sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, but it's always worth exploring. It also gives you an idea that if you have a player who I think is a buy low, you'll be going, you might be cursing them and they're struggling. And that just means that I think that they're going to improve. If you've got a sell high player, that just means that you've been riding a really high wave, which there is a chance of it continuing, but it is likely going to drop off. So adjust your expectations there. So saying all of that, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's have a look how we did on the buy lows and sell highs two weeks ago. We had um, Des Bain as he was returning from injury on the buy low list. He was 274th since he had returned and also a couple of games before that. Um, since then, he's 114th. He's still not all the way back. The shooting still isn't quite there. The minutes aren't pushing up as high as they were at the start of the season. So we went from 274 to 114th. There's still plenty of room for Desmond Bain to improve. From there, um, I still think that there is buy low value here. We should be value, valuing him as probably top 50 rest of the season. At worst, top 65. And there's plenty of space for this guy as a proven 40% three-point shooter um, to get better than that. Simple. Anthony Simons had him on the list. Where's the sound? Dog him, Red. Oh, there it is. Um, he was 154th. Since then, he's been 76th. I think that 76 to 95, 100 range is probably about right for Simons. We know he pushes top 50 when Lillard is out. And when Lillard is in, it's just harder for him to get usage and assist opportunities. And that keeps him towards the back end. Jar Morant was 146th. And even though I talked about how I'm not as big of a fan of Jar in category leagues, there's significant improvement still to come. Well, he blew up 13th ranked player since then on a per game basis. And yes, he's missed the last two games with that thigh soreness, um, but he's really improved the efficiency stuff and stepped up. So that, that's impressive there. Miles Turner was also one where we talked about where have the blocks gone? They're just not here. And then the shooting was way off as well. He was 115th. And since then he is 15th. So it's swung completely in the other direction. Again, like Jar, they both probably sell high guys based on that level of production if you can get that sort of player back. And the other one was um, in the buy low section was the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. He was 128th returning from his injury and there were a lot of people panicking. Man, how long do I have to wait? Do I have to drop him? What's going on? Well, since then, he's 61st ramping up still like he's going to put up good numbers there are going to be frustrations with minutes and probably games missed they've got a Wednesday Thursday back-to-back so I'd expect him to sit one of those but he's starting to put it all together 
And yeah, so this is why we needed some patience there. In terms of sell highs, I had Christian Wood as a sell high. He was 17th. He's actually been 16th since then. I still don't believe he's maintaining top 20 value, especially with the blocks and some of his efficiency stuff, but he's been able to keep it going. Hero was 18th. He's 43rd since then, so a predictable drop-off. And now he's, uh, despite telling us that he's not injured, he is missing Wednesday's game. Uh, you never believe him. Literally never believe them. As they sit there with ice wraps and, and strapping on their knee, I'm fine. No injury. What are you talking about? I'm going to be okay. Oh, play. No problem at all. Both him and DeAndre Ayton bullshitted their way through telling us that there was no injury. And they're both uh, going to miss. So cool. Um, Hero probably sits in that 45 to 65 range, I would expect rest of season. Mo Wagner was an easy one. He was 34th. He's 221st, a clear drop. If you could have squeezed something out of him two weeks ago before all those players returned, good luck to you. Uh, Aaron Gordon was 43rd. He's fallen down to 142nd. So I think that takes him from being that sell high guy into probably a little bit of a buy low. He's struggling a little bit at the moment with some minutes and some of the percentage stuff. And then Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovas. He was 48th. I said, yeah, don't know that this is going to stick. He went to 69th. Yeah. Giggity. Um, but I actually think that now that Zion's out, he's going to push back higher. So he's going to maybe be back into the sell high territories. He pushes and maybe has a stretch of top 40 games while Zion is out. And then, yeah, we look to sell high just around the trade deadline sort of period and then we'd see him drop off after that. So an interesting one. I was expecting that Valanciunas one to be around the 48, 49 mark without Zion, but he hasn't hasn't been enough time for him to step up there, but I'd expect him to improve um, significantly from there. Let's look at some buy-low players now, and we'll start in Detroit with Jaden Ivey, who, as I've said for a long time, is not a 12-team league category player. He just, he just isn't. Like, he's been bad for consistent stretches of time. In fact... Over, he's 199th for the season, and he's 241st for the last two months. Like that's just nowhere near where it needs to be. Like it just, it just isn't. Um, but in points leagues, I do think he's a must roster player. But he's also well down there. 21.6 fantasy points over the last two weeks versus almost 27 for the season. So we expect rookies to get better. He's getting worse. So that does give me some hope that there's going to be some improvement coming. But of course, when old mate Dwayne Casey is a coach and you've got a team going nowhere and you've got a top five rookie guard pick, um, your, your idea is as the season goes on, surely to give them fewer minutes. Yeah, has to be. He's playing 27 and a half minutes over the last two weeks when he's down from 30 on the season. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you give every opportunity for your young guard to get some extra playing time? Yeah, you wouldn't. You'd probably try to prioritize guys like Alec Burks and Corey Joseph. That would be the smart thing to do. But he's also playing poorly. There's no getting around this. He is bad. And rookie guards, in general, suck. They're terrible. And he is terrible. He's not a winning player at all at this point. That does not preclude him from becoming a good player. In fact, I think he still probably will become a good player. But at this point, he is bad. Like, really bad. But I expect big improvements. 259th over the last two weeks in category leagues. 158th in points leagues. He's hitting 36% of his twos. It's almost an unfathomably low number. Even for the year where he's been bad... He's at 45%. I, th I don't know when this is going to come. And I wouldn't suggest that he's a 12-team buy low. He's one to watch in 12 teams. And if you do have l real strong luxury stash ability, maybe in March he puts it together. Maybe. There's no guarantee, but maybe. Um, but that number is going to come up. Probably 9, 10 percentage points on his two-pointers. Also, inexplicably, he's not getting any steals. 0.3 steals in the last seven games. 
That's down from 0.9 on the season. Now, part of the reason I didn't love him as a rookie coming in was he had poor college rebound, assist, steals, and blocks numbers. And it's really hard to be a successful fantasy player while doing that and being below average in field goals and free throws. And every one of those things has come true for Jaden Ivey this season. Every one of those concerns that we had, low volume threes, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, bad percentages. Like all of that has been true and that is why he's bad. But when we're seeing what he's done in the NBA and then over the last seven games, he's well below that number, there is room for that to improve. So this is a nice buy low for deeper formats. It's a nice buy low in points leagues, but it is in your talking 12 team category leagues. It is really just a luxury, luxury stash, but it's probably more of a luxury watch list, hoping for some of these numbers to push up because he's been bad and I don't expect him to be good, but I expect him to be better than what he has been. Let's go to another inefficient guard, a second year player this time and Jalen Green in Houston. Um, 181st ranked player Jalen is over the last two weeks in category leagues. He's 91st in points leagues and I, granted, did not love him as a player last season, but did expect big, big improvement this season. We saw him put it together over the last four to five weeks of last season. The general trajectory of second-year guards and second-year players in general is to take big steps forward, especially with the assist rate, um, efficiency numbers, minutes, usage. We expected all of that stuff to come up. And minutes have come up. He's playing more minutes than he did last season. But everything else has either stagnated or got worse. And over the last little bit of time, it's it's gotten even worse again. He's under 30 fantasy points per game. He averages 32 for the season. There's no reason he can't average 36. Like the, He should be able to do that, but he's not. So what is going on? Well, part of you know, when I've got him as a buy low here, it's looking at what he's done versus the whole season, but it's also what our expectations should be. His numbers are much like Jaden Ivey, bad. 46.7 for two from the season. That's still not great. You'd hope 50. But then over the last seven games, under 40% from two, 39.7. That has to come up. He's hitting just 32% of his threes for the year, 33% over the last two weeks. But why can't he be a 36% shooter? He was 34 as a rookie. He should be able to improve there. And we thought maybe he'd be able to be a four and a half, five assist player. Hasn't been able to do that. He's at 3.6 for the season. And now his pedestrian steals at 0.8. Over the last seven games, they're at 0.4. There is significant room for him to improve, but I'm not sure he's a top 100 player on an actual category league value basis rest of season. In a punt field goal build, he still has a ton of value because he's scoring 20 points per game, but he averages like 24 and 4 or 24 and 3.5. And, and that's, not, that's not great with no steals, no blocks, and terrible field goal and not, not great free throws. I think you can get him at a bargain basement price at the moment. And we hope that the first 35 games of the season or 40 games of the season that he's played, that yeah, that's still just working through things and we see some improvement come in. And again, you cannot probably find him at a cheaper price than what you can now, given how bad the shooting is, given how we've just seen not really much improvement at all and defensive stuff has fallen away. I think there is an opportunity for get, to get him for off the wire, maybe, or for one of your, honestly, worst players. When your 10th, 11th best player, you can probably get him. And I think I would. I think it's worth the risk. I think there's enough upside and minutes and usage in that, that if we put together a nice little stretch of shooting, we can get some good results. Today's episode is brought to you by PriceFix. PriceFix is daily fantasy, but it's not daily fantasy that you might remember from having salary caps and going up against thousands of people. It's player projections. So you might have Jalen Green 
and you look at his um, scoring line and you say, okay, what's well, 19 and a half points? You go, I think he will score more than that today. So you take more. Or you look at Jaden Ivey and you say, oh, he's only listed at two and a half assists. I think he can go over that. So you take more than two and a half assists. And you get between two to six of those individual player projections, put them into a lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry fee back. You can do these entries in under 60 seconds. It's that easy. You can do it in over 30 US states and in Canada. Also, so safe, so fast, so easy. And it's not just the NBA. You can do NFL, college basketball, European basketball, cricket, MMA, boxing, golf, NASCAR, and of course, disc golf. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Let's go to Portland. Damian Lillard. A little bit of a uh, down down period here for Lillard. Over the last two weeks, he's 53rd in category leagues. Interestingly, he's 19th in points leagues. And his points league number is actually higher than his season total. So he's not really a buy low in points leagues, which is interesting. 46 fantasy points over the last two weeks versus 43 for the season. And that is it's really intriguing to me to see that as to why he's... Fantasy points numbers are a little bit higher. And I'll tell you why they are. It's because he's averaging 1.2 steals versus 0.9 steals. And he's doubled his block numbers. 0.4 versus 0.8. And that's probably bumped him over there. He's still scoring at a similar rate. He's still um, getting rebounds and assists at a similar rate. But his defensive numbers are close to doubled. And that's really helped his fantasy point production. But in a category league, he is down. And yeah, I try to monitor a lot of different things in fantasy, um, discourse from people tweeting, from Reddit forums, from other forums, from Buswell Monster comments, from YouTube comments, and just seeing the frustration that people have. And it ties in because Lillard is 53rd over the last two weeks. The minutes are fine. The scoring's fine. 27 points per game, 38 minutes a game. All that's fine. But he can't hit threes. 29% from three for Lillard. That's down from 37% for the season. This is a guy that in the past we've just relied upon to be a 39 to 40% shooter. So there's going to be some uptick there. He's also a little bit down on his twos. He's at 49% from two. Yeah, back in his heyday in 1920, he was 53% from two. Now, I don't know if we can necessarily expect him to get back to that, but he is at 52% from two this season. So there's significant room for those um, numbers to improve. His true shooting is down from 60% to 53% the last two weeks. And this is a guy that we relied upon to carry us in free throws. 76% below average, hurting. That hurts us, as opposed to being a gigantic positive when he was at 88%. So that's why his fantasy point numbers don't really matter that much. Yeah, well, not, that's not true. I mean, they, they aren't really impacted because free throw percentage isn't an impact there. But if you are in a league that counts uh, free throw percentage in a points league with misses and makes, he's hurting you. It's, it's weird to say, but Lillard is hurting you in free throws. I don't believe that Damian Lillard is a sub-30% three-point shooter or sub-80% free throw guy. So there is so much room for him to improve. Can he get back to being a first-round player? I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure he gets back to the first round. But early second-round player? I, I do think so. And if he can get the field goal percentage overall up to 45 or 46, which it, where he has been in the past, he's at 43 for the season, then yes, he does push into that top 12 zone. So Lillard at the moment struggling. Like it's you're not going to get away with trading a top 50 player for Lillard. You're not. But could you get away with trading a top 25 guy? Two top 50 players maybe? 
I would look at it because again, there is palpable frustration with Lillard. There was palpable frustration early in the season with his calf injuries. He is older. He missed so much time last season. I don't. You don't have to pay expected value, which is top 15. You don't have to pay that. You can do it probably for top 30, maybe. Again, taking some of that risk in. But I think there's pretty clear signs here, the three-point percentage and free throw percentage in particular, that he's going to have a big, big step up coming soon. Let's go to Cleveland. Evan Mobley, 119th in category leagues over the last two weeks, 74th in points leagues. And his points league numbers, they're not that different. 32 fantasy points versus 33 for the season. So what's impacting him significantly in category leagues? I think this is one is an easy one. And again, people love to people people do really focus on on rankings quite a bit. And I bring this one up because there was someone on the basketball monster forums that was like, man, what happened? Evan Mobley's projection and his project, projected rank fell so much, but I don't actually see anything different with his projected numbers. And all they did was drop his projected free throw percentage from like 72 to 68 or something. And that sort of drop dropped him down 30, 40 spots. People focus so highly on the ranking numbers versus individual projections. Now, generally, if you've got Mobley, you're understanding that you've got subpar free throws and maybe you're punting that category. So the overall rank shouldn't impact you that much. But because people focus a lot on rankings and we love lists and we love rankings and we love all that sort of stuff, that when you see Mobley at 119, that you does create a situation where you go, oh, all right, well, he is struggling. And then you remember that game where he went, what, 0 of 6 from the line? You go, oh, he killed me. Killed me that week. Absolutely destroyed me. And his numbers, look, they're not perfect. He's at 11.3 points per game. That's not great. He's shooting just 51% from two when he's at 59 for the season. He hasn't made a single three-pointer in his last four games. Now, he hasn't been a great three-point shooter. He's at 21% for the season. But he's at 0% over the last four games. And his free throws are at 46%, mainly because there was an 0 of 6 game in there. He's really struggled. He's a 68% guy for the year. And we know that, you know, we're probably punting free throws with him. But it still drags down overall ranking. And it might be one or two overall points off his scoring. So that 11.3 points compared to 14 for the season, if instead of shooting 46% from the line, he shoots 68, well, let's just add an extra point in there. That's one point on. So that 11.3 goes to 12.3. Those three pointers, which go from um, yeah, 0 0.2 to 0 or 0 0.3 to 0, which is where we're at at the moment, that's an extra point as well. A third of a three is one point. So if he goes from 0% from three to 21% from three, one point comes onto his total. If he goes from 45% from the line to 68% from the line, still bad, then an extra point goes on to his total. And that 11-point scoring becomes 13-point scoring. You get 0.23s and you go from 119th and you go to 70th really easily. That's all. It's, it doesn't take anything at all. It takes absolutely nothing to bring him back. But there are going to be frustrations. Why is his field goal so low? I got him to get field goals. Well, it's because he hasn't hit a three. His twos are also down. And why is his free throw so bad? Like you can get him at a cheap price at the moment. He's not blowing us away with big blocks. The rebounds are a little bit down. He hasn't taken gigantic steps forward, but you can still get him at a much cheaper price than where I think his rest of season value lies. And then we go to his teammate, Darius Garland, for the last um, buy low of the show, before we move on to the sell highs, of course. Garland, is, a, is, is he 119th as well, or did I just mistype that number? Because that's not right. No, Garland, I mistyped that number. 
And that's annoying. Anyway, Garland is actually 108th over the last two weeks and 54th in points leagues. He's averaging 35 fantasy points versus almost 38 for the season. So what has happened to Darius Garland? Why are his numbers down over the last um, two weeks? Well, he's only played three games with a thumb issue, and he's still averaging 20 points with 7.7 assists. That's about what he does. But he's just missed a bunch of free throws. 62% from the line versus 86 for the season. Three-pointers down from one point, down from 2.4 to 1.7. And it's not because he's necessarily shooting a poor percentage. He's at 36% versus 39 for the year. That is a difference, but it's not that big a difference. He's just not taking as many threes. He's from six threes a game down to 4.7. And then you pair that in with a small percentage point reduction in shooting, and the 2.4 goes to 1.7. 0. 0.7 threes, that's two points. Two points off your scoring numbers. It hurts your overall field goal percentage. All that's down. And he's also not getting steals. He has two steals in the last three games, when usually in three games you'd expect him to get four steals. Again, it's not a big difference. It's two steals difference over that time frame that could easily jump him back up. And that's why his ranking is down. I think he's absolutely rock solid as a top 40 player in category leagues, probably around top 50, top 40 in points leagues as well. And he's just on a little bit of a downturn. The thumb injury will scare some people off. I totally understand that. Um, but I think there is some value here where as a top, as trading a top 50 guy to get him, I think, I think makes a little bit of sense and can be pulled off. There are just a few things here which just aren't going to stick, but people would be worried about the constant wax in the eye and the current thumb injury. And obviously the play of Donovan Mitchell takes away a little bit there, but I don't think people realize how good Garland has actually been this season, um, where I don't think there's been that much hype for his production, where he's been really good. He's the 38th ranked player this season, averaging 21 and eight with two and a half threes. So I do think that there is a little bit of a downturn in his production that can be used to your advantage in trade negotiations. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, the NFL, college basketball, and of course, the NBA. They've got it all at betonline.net. We've got NFL playoffs this weekend. The Dolphins, oh, we were 10 and a half point underdogs. Ah, oh, not anymore. Nine point underdogs now. It's coming in. People are rallying around tour. I don't know why we've coming in that much, but we are. Nine point underdogs. Let's go. And the Chargers have flicked to one point favorites. There was a pick'em yesterday. So there are some odds moving. So make sure you keep up to date with everything that is happening with the NFL playoffs over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to some sell high guys. Tom Bryant. He's 26th over the last two weeks, 45th in points leagues. We all know why this is. Right? He's killing it without Anthony Davis. Um, he's averaging 38 fantasy points versus 25 for the season. He's averaging 12 rebounds versus 7.3 for the season. He's averaging 30 minutes a game when as a backup, he averaged 13 minutes a game. And he's shooting... 82% versus 74% from the line. Now, a lot of these things, like the rebound numbers, you can say, well, that's just because he's getting more minutes. But his actual rebound rate per 36 is up. And tie that into that percentage number, that's up as well, which isn't just to do with the extra minutes. It's just to do with the fact that he's shooting that well. Now, there is an ability here with the recent news that... Um, 
well, not news, a statement directly from LeBron saying, man, I've already had vision, vis, visions of how me and AD and Tom Bryant can all work together. And people go, oh, well, they just start Bryant and Davis together. It protects Davis. He doesn't have to play center. Um, they'll give Bryant still those good minutes and there'll be a little bit of a dip, but yeah, you can get some value. Um, I, I honestly don't think that it's going to happen huge amounts. It'll happen more than it did, where it basically never happened at all. But Davis had all of this success playing at center. And we saw the last couple of years that how much he was sort of lost playing on the perimeter. The percentages were down. He never rebounded. His defensive numbers were down. His overall impact was nowhere near where it was. And look, the impact on the team was nowhere near where it was. Bryant has been very good. He's still absolutely horrible as a defender. And, you know, he can't protect the rim. He can't guard on the perimeter. So when you've got Davis out there, like, where does he fit? It just, it leads to clunkiness. It means you put LeBron out onto threes. You can't, he's not really that player anymore with his ankle issue as well. So I think that with the talk of LeBron and people feeling really interested in what Brian's doing, because he's on a real rampage at the moment, I, you can't get him for a top, you can't get a top 25 playback or top 30 playback. You just can't do it. But I think there's a real chance that he's not even a top 100 guy rest of season, Tom Bryant. So if I could get a top 60 player, understanding that for the next two to three weeks, I probably lose out. Like I, I copy hit. And this is how you do perfect sell highs is do you understand that you take a hit in the short term? But when it comes to the money portion of the season, the post all-star break of the season, then you've got like a waiver wire adjacent player that you've gotten rid of for a consistent top 60 pro- producer. And I think you should be in now is a great time understanding you hit a lot, you, you lose a lot in the short term with the expectation, not a guarantee, with the expectation that he loses tons. Maybe he does stick and plays 30 minutes a night as a starter. I don't believe it, but maybe he does. And then you would lose out. But it is a risk you take, but it could be a big, big payoff risk. It could be a 60, 70 spot ranking payoff risk when you get to fantasy playoffs. Let's go to Detroit. I like Killian Hayes. I liked him as a prospect. I was disappointed with his NBA career, and I like what he's doing now. If he is available in your league, and he is available in a lot of leagues, he's a must-roster player. Let's get that clear. Absolute must-roster. We are finally seeing Dwayne Casey load up big minutes. In fact, I do all these ranking numbers based on last two weeks. So he's 33rd in category leagues, 64th in points leagues. Over the last week, he's 13th in category leagues. He's playing 35 minutes a night. He is rolling. I don't fully believe it. I believe that he's a solid player. I believe he's turned himself into a borderline good player, maybe even better than that. I don't know where he goes in the future, but there are a few things here which are just not going to stick. He's hitting 58% of his twos over the last four games. 58% is a horrendous shooter. 43% for the season, and that's low. I think he's better than that. He's at 47% from two over the last two months. I'm pretty sure he is better um, than what we've seen all season. Right, but 58 is no way. He's also a really good defender, but 2.3 steals is a completely unsustainable number. He's at 1.2 for the season. 1.5, 1.6 might be doable. It might it might be doable. But 2.3 seems impossible. And he hasn't missed a single free throw in his last four games. He's a, he's a good free throw shooter, don't get me wrong. He's at 82 for the season, but he's not 100% free throw shooter. So all that is going to come down. He's also hitting 38% of his threes. Again, I'm impressed with what he's doing. I don't believe in that sort of level at all, that he's going to continue to be that level of shooter. I I can't buy into that. 
I don't think there's any reality in buying into that. But at the moment, he's crushing it. So, like, what do we what do we do with Killian Hayes? Like, where's the, where's the value? What do I project him at rest of season? I think there's a real chance he can be a top seventy player. That is a possibility. That is a possibility. If the minutes stick, if we get a modest improvement in shooting, which again, over the last twenty eight games, he's at forty two percent from the field. It's not great, but it's not a, it's not a disaster. So. I think there is improvement here, but if you could sell him for a top 50 player, a top 40 player, I would do it. You probably can't. And a lot of this is just to remind you, A, to pick him up if he's on the waiver wire, but also just see what is out there. Just see what is out there. And and while we just see what is out there, understand that don't trade him for a top 100 player. I think he's better than that. There is going to be a drop-off, and it is going to hurt, and he'll probably have a week or two where he's 130th, where he goes back to 80% from the line and shoots 28% from three and plays 29 minutes a night because Dwayne Casey's an idiot. So don't sell too low, but just see what's happening because it is absolute peak Killian Hayes at the moment. Let's go to Charlotte, the cockroach, Mason Plumley. I've probably given him short shrift this season. He's been great. The numbers have been fantastic. I still don't think it makes any sense for an unrestricted free agent, 33-year-old Santa on a team that's going nowhere, for him to be just playing the bulk of the minutes and doing as much as he is. It doesn't make any sense from a team-building perspective. But he continues to do it. I still think that there, there, there has to be a high likelihood that he's traded at some point. And that is really where we've got to start to cash in because I've never seen Mason Plumley be this good the 39th-ranked player over the last two weeks in category leagues and 40th in points leagues. He's averaging 38 fantasy points. So how's he doing it? Well, he has changed his free-throw form, which we know was it was horrendous. It was Stephen Adams last season. He hit 39% from the line. He's at 60 for the season, but he's up to 67% over the last month. So I think you know 60% from the line is an achievable number for Mason Plumley with how he's going at the moment. That is achievable. But he's hitting 76% from two. That doesn't feel like that does not feel like it's a um, a realistic scenario. How is he able to hit seventy six percent? Like it's with these weird left handed push shots that he seems to do so often. Like how is that able to be achieved? Yeah, again, I don't think it is. He's also seen his rebounds go from nine point five to twelve, not through an increase in minutes, just because more rebounds are falling in his way. He's also gone from 0.8 blocks to 1.3 blocks. So he's doing so much at the same time. Free throws up, field goals way up, blocks almost double, rebounds 33% up, scoring up from 11 to 15. Everything is coming up plumbly at the moment. Do I think he's a 12-team league player? Yeah. Is he a great punt free throw guy? Absolutely. Should you use his current level of production to cash in? Especially considering if he goes to another team and is traded, he probably plays 19 minutes a night and is outside the top 100 very easily, probably outside the top 160. Yeah. So again, it's a risk. What if he doesn't get traded? Even if he doesn't get traded, there is going to be drop-off from here. Like the rebounds, the two-point percentage, probably the blocks. That's all going to drop away, right? I feel confident in that. But it could be such a gigantic hit where he goes to being completely unrosterable that if you can get any sort of top 75, top 80 player targeting a punt free throw person in your league, I think you've got to do it. Understanding that you take a short-term hit. 
Let's go to um, Sacramento. Van Pants, Kevin Herter, 46th over the last two weeks, 93rd in points leagues. He's been on this list a few times this season, or at least once, because he's very up and down. And the key with Herter is cashing in when the good stuff happens. And that's where we're at at the moment. He's averaging 29... Um, that number can't be right, that fantasy point number. Let me double check that. There's something off on that. Um, yeah, no, he's averaging 29 fantasy points, and that should say 26.81, not 36. So he's a little bit up on his season numbers. But he is, in category leagues, way ahead. 46th for the last two weeks versus 91st for the season. He has been shooting still unbelievably all year. He's at 45% from three over the last eight games, which is obviously something that's ridiculous. But for the year, he's at 42%. Now, he's a really good three-point shooter. 42 is extremely high. I still think that even if that 45 comes down to 42, you're losing value. But that 42 can come down to 41, 40, 39 very easily. He's hitting 61% of his twos, which again is a crazy number. And he hasn't missed a free throw, which is great considering that he's a 73% free throw shooter all season. So all of his shooting numbers, which get tied into true shooting, are well up. He's at 67 true shooting over the last eight games. For the season, he's at 63. For reference, last season, he was at 57. That is such a big, big jump. All of his other counting stats, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, they're all about the same. Everything that he's doing shooting-wise, though, is in a massive hot streak. And that will come down, and it will probably drop well below average, and then it will bounce back up. And, and he's going to be like a rubber band a lot of the time. or a la- What do you call it, rubber bands? What do you call them, elastic bands? I don't know what you call Anyway, you know what I mean. Rubber band, rubber band. He's going to rubber band. So, you know, top 50 over the last week or last two weeks in category leagues, I think you look at, you know, trading for a top 70, a top 75 player in return would be a great outcome. I don't see him maintaining this level of shooting, although he's been great all season. There's still pretty much a big uh, opportunity for a lot of those numbers to drop away. The last one we go to is in Oklahoma City. Broncos country, let's ride. Jalen Williams. You know, I've been talking about Jalen Williams for weeks now. Weeks. And yeah, a lot of people criticized me talking about him for weeks early on. And it took a little bit of time, which is what we always talked about, that there's going to be a time for this to pay off. It's paying off. 48th over the last two weeks, 69th in, in points leagues, 33 fantasy points versus 23 for the season. He is established as a, if not starter, as a 30-minute a night, 28-minute a night player. He's established as that. Done. Right? I don't think there's any question about that for Jalen Williams. But what he is doing over the last seven games is massively elevating. 2.1 steals he's averaging and one block per game. These are unreal numbers. He's at 0.9 steals and 0.5 blocks for the season. There is no way that those numbers in that volume stick. They might improve on the 0.9 and 0.5 for the season. They might be at 1.2. They might be at 0.6. But 2.1 and one block, there is no way. There is no way that it sticks there. He's also seen an uptick in usage, 19.3 up to 17.6. Now, I don't really think that that's a crazy number to expect. He might be a 19% usage player, but it is up. It is elevated. And in doing that, he's also been able to increase his field goal percentage up to 52%, to up from 51 for the year. He's not going to be a big volume assist guy or rebound guy. He's at four and three on those two respectively for the season. Over the last two weeks, he's at five and three. His three-point shooting continues to struggle, but he's also improved that 33% over his last seven games. He's at 29 for the season. I think he's a better three-point shooter than that. 
But realistically, his numbers at the moment are fueled by that gigantic increase, basically double your defensive stat output. And you know in a fantasy points league, you know, that is what? You know, they're three points each. That's nine fantasy points when you normally would get 4.5. In a category league, two steals, that takes from you, you take from being an absolute neutral to being two Z scores above, above the mean. It's huge. So this is really where it's coming from. Is he a must-roster player? Yes, I believe he is. If you could get a top 90 player back in a trade, I would do it. And if you can't, you write it out, as it is with basically all of these. Let me know in the comments, guys, which of these players do you have on your roster out of the 10 buy lows and, or sorry, five buy lows, five sell highs? Who do you have on your roster? What are you considering? And who do you disagree with? Who do you think isn't a sell high? Who do you think isn't a buy low? Drop that in the comments as well. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.